Thank you for listening to Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. I'm Jay Jones, and I'm sitting over here with Smiley George Mays. Well, I didn't know if you were going to actually turn the volume up so that <laughs> the intro music comes in. Here we're smiling it up, George. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I always kind of hold my breath when we start. Yeah. Because I don't know if we're going to be able to, if we're going to mess it up some way. We only mess it up when we have guests on. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it is Free For All Friday, and today we've got several things to talk about that are kind of uh, out there in the world that are kind of popular right now. And we've got kind of three main things, and... Um, of course, we can't talk about everything under the sun. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, but things that maybe the our church folks encounter, and so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about those. We've got um, this crazy guy, I don't even know what his name is, talking about that Jesus uh, was a racist. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, and... there's actually something else that uh, we didn't discuss talking about that, that we've got to... We've got to deal with. What is it? Well, I, you know, I, I almost wish that we could actually do Free For All Friday on Friday because every every week, it seems, <laughs> yeah. every Thursday night, J.D. Greer tweets something that is <laughs> just completely Out bonkers. of this world? Yeah. It's uh, Crazy Thursdays? I guess I guess that's his I guess that's his day to to tweet nonsense. Yeah. Because it seems like it's happened he, it, se- it seems like he intentionally sits down and posts something that is just so outlandish that you have to step back and say this is the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. Right. How did we get here? Yeah, yeah. Uh we didn't we didn't talk about that but there's a couple of tweets that maybe we should well, let's hear it. Let's hear it. We'll jump into this other stuff. Okay, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, um, I want to I want to be reminded of these. Okay, so so not last week, but the week before. Okay, he tweeted this one. All right, it's, <laughs> it's I can't believe that I voted for this guy. Did you vote for this guy, George? I was right there with you. You're <laughs> <laughs> he was this is the only time i i've ever gone to the 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 southern baptist convention was when it was in dallas mm-hmm. um three years ago right with you yeah and one of the reasons we went was to vote for jd greer <laughs> right right because we're like jd greer he's at least reformed uh sympathetic uh-huh he's gonna he wrote uh stop asking jesus into your heart this guy's gonna do great things yes um, and he has just been terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's not a good... It was... Uh, I wish I could go back in time <laughs> yeah. and undo my vote. He yeah. hasn't been a uh, uniting uniting force. Yeah. Um, so he tweeted two weeks ago, Jesus doesn't say, take up my teachings and follow me, or take up my moral code. He says, take up my cross. Hashtag in step. Yeah, I guess that's the church. Uh, you know, th- you know how the big churches do. They've got the big media teams. Mm-hmm. In step. I'm guessing is their latest uh, church. Uh, what do we call it? Package. You know, they have like a package sermon deal. 
Right. And so they'll package, like if they were doing John 17, mm-hmm. they'd have a whole church-wide program thing built around the latest sermon series. I'm guessing that's what hashtag in step is, because he's been tweeting out several things, hashtag in step. Uh, has he? Yeah. But I'm just curious, when you uh, read that to me, where did Jesus ever say, take up my cross? <laughs> right. Because I'm pretty sure he doesn't ever say that. Right. No, he doesn't. Yeah, I think words are important in this. Uh... Yeah, I mean, we believe in, and we've talked about this, we believe in verbal plenary mm-hmm. inspiration. So the the words themselves are divinely inspired. Yeah. It's not just the thoughts. Yeah. That's, that's why we, we stick closer to word-for-word translations like the New American Standard, ESV, um, even King James, and kind of step back a little bit from New International Version, New Living Translation, um, Christian Standard Bible. Right. Not not that they're, you know, just terrible translations. It's just we we want to get closer to the actual words because we believe that the actual words were inspired. Mm-hmm. And so when Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me, yeah, like you said, Words matter. Mm-hmm. He didn't say take up my cross. He said take up your cross. Yeah, yeah. He's he's not saying, hey, uh, you know, take up my cross. You might interpret that to be, well, that means he just he wants us to really be committed to imitating him, mm-hmm. which he does. <clears throat> which is why there's always an element of truth in all these things. Yeah. He does want us to imitate him, um, but the reason he he says that in the context of which he says it in is he's got all these people following him. Like there's like three thousand people following him at this point. He turns around and he says this, right. and they all leave because he's saying to them, um, "Be willing to die to be my disciple." Right. I, Count the cost. What will you die to your sin and die to yourself? Yeah. And not only that, uh, would you physically die to be my disciple? That's what he's saying to them. Everybody knows what a cross is. Right. It's where you, you carry a cross, and they slam it in the ground with your body hung on it, and you die. And he's saying, are you willing to die to be my disciple? I want to know what does... So he's making this distinction between taking up... Let's just ignore my, my cross. Let's, let's just assume that he mistyped or something. Mm-hmm. Um. So he's making a distinction between taking up the cross and following Jesus's moral teachings. Yeah. I just want to know what what does he think taking up the cross means? Exactly. Yeah, he It's a distinction without a difference. It's, I mean, <laughs> it's he, it's one of those it's one of those issues um that you've said before that pastors they they tweet out these little, you know, Retweetable things, yeah. It's one of the major don't, problems that don't make any sense. It's one of the major problems with evangelicalism today. You got pastors seeking so much media attention, so much they just want tweets and they want likes, and they write sermons for tweets and likes. Yeah, it's because they want it to be tweetable. They want it. It's uh, and then they end up doing things like this, which are totally. It's that is far beneath the. Uh, Office of any pastor, you're like you, you don't get to be careless with your words. Number one, yeah, and then you're supposed to be leading an entire denomination. You don't cause confusion. Your right. your job role as the president is not to cause perpetual confusion. <laughs> right. You can't and to be edgy. 
Yeah. Like, just say what you mean. I like what this one this one guy Jesus did though literally say, "Take up my my teachings." When he said, "If uh, you make lo- disciples of all nations, right. teaching them to obey everything <laughs> right. that I commanded them." If if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Like you can't you can't make these separations. It it's the same distinction, you know, that MacArthur was dealing with with the lordship salvation. Exactly. Like you can have you can have Jesus as your savior. And you know, some other time you can make him your lord, right, right? And MacArthur said you can't have Jesus as savior without him being lord, right? Like you can't dis- you can't distinguish these two things. If you're going to follow Christ um, as savior, you have to follow him as lord. Yeah. Like why are you why are you following Christ in the first place? It's mm-hmm. because he's the master. He's he's God. Mm-hmm. He's the king, and you're submitting to him. the the call The call of the gospel it. I, and I think that we've we've framed it so much uh, as an invitation that we forget that the gospel is really a command. Mm-hmm. It's not just it's not Jesus saying, "Oh, this is your best, you know, this is your best life. Mm-hmm. This, you know, this this will work out the best for you if you'll if you'll do this. Just come come to me." It here's the King of the Universe, and he's saying, "Bow the knee." That's why I submit that Psalm two is not an invitation. Be wise, O kings. Yeah, kiss the sun, mm. um, lest he be angry with you. Yeah, and here's Paul. Paul's the, the preacher of grace, and mm-hmm. the beginning end of Romans has this phrase to bring about obedience of faith. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, uh, what do you mean? How can? Yeah. Well, because it's a command. So Obe- you obey. obey, obey by believing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like what this one guy responded to that tweet. He said, "Sounds like a Tim Keller tweet." Exactly. <laughs> that guy's my my hero. Yeah. Uh, but that's not even as bad as that tweet is. That's not even as bad as the one that he did last week. I okay. knew it was coming. I knew I knew after we got done with uh, with recording and I went home and I sat down and I was like JD Grish going to tweet something and we're going to miss it. Mm-hmm. And he did spectacularly. <laughs> so he tweeted this. Okay. Um, what God wants is a change of the heart. Mm-hmm. And that can't happen by you resolving to do better. It happens when you see the cross and resurrection were about you. The Father pursuing you and suffering in your place. Hashtag in step. <laughs> All right, so the first part, the first part is 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 good. But then he starts to he starts to go a little little wonky on us when he says that the cross and resurrection were about you. And then he really goes off the rails when he says the father pursuing you and suffering in your place. Yeah. Uh, didn't we just talk about on Text Driven Tuesday what Jesus' primary aim was? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that the cross and the resurrection are primarily not about you. Right. They're primarily about the revelation of God's glory. Yeah. Secondarily, it's about you. Yeah, it's it's connected. So yeah. Jesus did go to the cross for us. God loved the world and he sent Christ exactly. into the world we'll to, to, that. to save sun- sinners. And we'll get to that this Sunday. Right. Yeah. And he's, um, gl- he's glorified in saving sinners. Right. And again... Twitter's not the best place to have theological discussions and to to explore these. Well, these hey, I'll throw depth, this. I'd, but I'd throw this back on him. I don't think he even believes in definite atonement. 
how can the cross be primarily about you mm-hmm. if it's not for anyone in particular? Right. Because that's kind of what he believes, right? It's just general atonement. I think so. He's yeah, a, four, he's I a think four-pointer. Be, I think it's a four-pointer. A general yeah. atonement. Well, if that's a general atonement, it's definitely not about you. So we could say that. Mm-hmm. We can say, right, George. I could say, George, Christ died for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, by name, yeah, uh, because we believe in a definite atonement that Christ died for His people, right? Um, but then the the last part is really the last part up. is the really bad part, right? So, all right, the the cross and resurrection. It's not about you, um, though Christ did die and rise for you. Yes, that's right. It is. If about, he would have said it's for you, it is for you. That would have been different than yes. it's about you. Yeah. Again, there you go. words. There you go. Uh, again, words. Words matter. You got. Yes, right? you got to be careful with the words. Um, but then he says, "The Father pursuing you." Okay. Yeah. And suffering in your place. That's the problem. Now that's the problem. That's the problem. Um, and this this is a problem that is revealed in a lot of people's prayers. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard? Have you ever heard someone say, "Father, we thank you for dying for us on the cross"? I I don't know. Have you never heard that? I've I've heard it. Yeah. And it it's not. Um, it's I don't think that they are. I think it's just people not being careful with yeah. how they pray and not not thinking um, theologically. Mm-hmm. Like they're we we are guilty of of praying these mindless prayers, not thinking about the words that we're using. Mm. We we got to do better mm-hmm. with that. Um, the Father did not suffer in your place. That's right. That's that, clear. That's a, that's a heresy. Yeah. That that that's an actual. Um, heresy in church history yeah the the father suffering right um you can't get there you can't arrive there with the bible right using the bible it's, it's the son who suffers for right. you that's right now he he got a lot of pushback as yeah as you, <laughs> probably, can imagine. you probably could imagine uh so he tries to clarify mm-hmm. and his clarification isn't isn't fantastic so he says sorry <laughs> i hope so that was a clip from a sermon about the prodigal son. Mm. Right, well, maybe you could have said that, you know, not like just, I said. Not just throw that like out there. I said, writing sermons for tweets. Right. That was a clip from a sermon about the prodigal son. The father, quote unquote, the father in that tweet is not God the Father, but the Father in the story. Mm. Jesus, of course, plays a father-like role in our salvation. He he uh, references Isaiah nine mm. verses six and seven. He he's he's the everlasting Father, right? Uh, but as the Son, he is distinct from the Father in the Godhead. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, so this was a this was taken from a sermon about the prodigal son, and we obviously have a father figure in this. We have the the son who leaves and and spends all of his money on you know loose living. Um, despising his father, right, um, and he's he's reduced to um, working with pigs, yeah. and eating blows his inheritance, eat, eating pig food, mm-hmm. um, and he goes back to his father, and his father runs to to greet him, right, to receive him. Um, but the father doesn't suffer. The father in that story doesn't suffer. He's not suffering for his son, right. In his place. So bad theology in the first tweet, and then just bad hermeneutics in the second tweet. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the parables are are meant to communicate a particular point, mm-hmm. and the particular point really is is how the Pharisees are treating the the tax collectors and right. sinners who are coming to Christ. They're they're despising them. They're the brother that's angry. They're, they're the older brother who's angry. Yeah. Um, and he's trying to pack all this other theology into it that's not in the story, and it, mm-hmm. it's it's just um, it's just confusion again. Like it's not helpful. Right. It, it's just raising more confusion. We we need to strive for clarity in what we're communicating, especially when we're trying to communicate theology. Yeah. Not not just try. I I know that he's he's tweet. This first tweet is trying to encourage people. Like Jesus died for you. Mm-hmm. Well, there's there are better ways and more accurate ways to discuss that, right? Um, and then if you're as a pastor, you should be trying to not just um, have these tweetable things, but actually teaching your your people how to read their Bible. Mm-hmm. And the way that he's describing the prodigal, the prodigal son, and the father in the story, it's not helping them to understand that parable better. It's yeah. ju- it's just causing confusion. Yeah, I mean, and, all, all we can go off is that tweet. It yeah. doesn't have, the tweet doesn't fit anywhere in. Right. Hopefully, in the sermon, he would make some clarification. I would hope so. I mean, again, this is the this is the weakness of of Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you're going to engage in theological debate, don't I would not do it on Twitter. Yeah. Um, I not, you know I am sh- I'm sure J D Greer is a really faithful. Person, I think he's probably led a lot of people to the Lord. Their church is involved in tons of missions work, and mm-hmm. they do a lot of good things. Yeah. Um, I won't recommend him until he publicly repents for what he did with Romans chapter one. Yeah. I won't do it. Yeah. It I was agree. T- it was too public of a thing. Yeah. And it influenced too many people. Yeah. It gave people excuses for mm-hmm. indulging in what they already were were it, practicing. It did. Um, I like what Tom Buck um, retweeted. Tom Buck, he's a, he's a troublemaker in the SBC. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> he said, so you're you're saying that what you meant to say in the first tweet was that the prodigal son's father pursued him and, quote, suffered in his place? Right. What, did anybody answer him? <laughs> no, I, didn't, I, Co- didn't see, I didn't see anything. Of course nobody answered him because it circled the wagon's time. Yeah. You know, that's how it happens. Uh, so those were the... We're all caught up now. If, but hey, hey, hey the, it's Thursday. In the public so, sphere, you're free right. to tweet out nonsense. Uh-huh, but you can't. But if somebody asks you about it, right. they're the bad guy mm-hmm. and they're the divider. Yeah. That's and how it and you can't you can't criticize or uh, or say anything negative about someone in leadership in the SBC. It's it's the eleventh commandment. Mm-hmm. Um so anyway, we're caught up on JD Greer's uh weird tweets as far as I know. Uh, I don't stalk him or anything to try mm. to find this stuff. It just pops up. Um, but it's Thursday, and so we'll see if he uh, if he follows his pattern and tweets out something else. Mm-hmm. That'd be a little early birthday present for me. That'd be real nice. <laughs> JD Greer tweet. <laughs> I'll be looking for it. You're gonna, you're forty years old, George. Uh, by the time people are listening to it, I'm you'll be forty, 40 years yeah, old. Forty years old. Yep. Got some gray hair. Well, I've had that for a while. 
That's not a, that's not age. <laughs> that's not age. I've seen some things. The gray beard. I've seen some things over over the last <laughs> seven seven hey, or eight years. Hey, but what about the last three years? The last three years have been um, great. Yeah, <laughs> better than better than I deserve, for sure. Yeah, yep. God has been very good, e- even in the even in the difficult times of of the years before that. Um, God has been faithful mm-hmm. and he's been good, good to me, uh, better, better than this poor sinner deserves. So, yeah. All right. Well, what do you want to do next? Do you want to move into talking about Beth Moore next or do you want to well, do, do this crazy Twitter uh, guy? Let, let's just make fun of this real quick. We don't have to spend any time on it. Let, let me just, this letter came out last okay, week. Okay, okay. Let me just. Let me just read. I won't read the whole thing because the last part of it is just a bunch of names. Okay. But this is um, this is a letter, an open letter on the American Recovery Act. Mm-hmm. That's the the COVID relief bill that Biden is set to uh, to sign on Friday. Mm-hmm. What is one point nine trillion? I don't know. It's all our great grandkids' money, George. Does it even matter? No, I guess not. We'll be dead. Before they ever pay that back, <laughs> uh, I I I have a friend uh, in Arkansas, and he he posted yesterday that if Abraham was still alive and he had made a million dollars every year, he still wouldn't have one point nine trillion dollars. It's a lot of money. <laughs> that is a lot of money. Maybe here's my idea. You know, all of the everyone else got shut down, but Amazon didn't. Mm-hmm. And old Jeff Bezos, he made a killing. Yeah, he did. Here's what I propose: if he loves America and he's all about progress, like he says, <laughs> and he's about to bail out, yeah, he should just give the money. He should just take, I don't know, five hundred billion dollars. Yeah, and just say, here you go. Just half of what he's worth. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go, America. Yeah. Thanks for uh, for buying my stuff while all the other stores were shut down. Yeah. What do you think? Hey. I'd do it. Would you do it? Sure. I yeah. Love, I I, 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 what do you do with that much money? I, I don't know. I don't know what you But do I would make much. stipulations, though. Here's my stipulations. All the pork comes out. Mm-hmm. We're going to give all the money to the people. Right. It's going to be a gift from me, the richest man in the world. I want the money going directly to them. To the people, yeah. And it'll stimulate the economy, mm-hmm. and uh, boom, no pork. Um, so anyway, the the American Recovery Act, it, uh, of course, because this is a Democrat bill, right? It's filled with all kinds of nonsense. And uh, so they, uh, they, they took the Hyde Amendment out of it, so this money can go to fund abortions. Right. Well, a letter came out last week from the pro-life evangelicals for Biden. This is the group of Which, uh, professing believers who um, endorse Biden. Yeah, we for talked the, for we, the presidential. We talked about them mm-hmm. in the lead up to the uh, yeah to the vote, and uh, so they uh, <laughs> so they released this letter, and it's hilarious. <laughs> it's it's such a funny letter. Because you just have to wonder, are you guys stupid? Like, what did you expect? Yeah. You're endorsing, you're endorsing this, this radical liberal. Um, his vice president is the most radical liberal that was in the Senate 
ever. <laughs> and what do you think they were going to do? Exactly. So here, uh, let me just read some of the, the letter okay. to you. Uh, we are very disappointed. It starts out real nice. <laughs> it's just so great. We are very disappointed about the COVID-19 relief packages exclusion of the Hyde Amendment, a long-standing bipartisan policy that prevents taxpayer funding for abortion. We're even more upset that the Biden administration is supporting this bill. As pro-life leaders in the evangelical community, we publicly supported President Biden's candidacy uh, with the understanding that there would be engagement there's a little typo here, uh, with us on the issue of abortion and particularly the Hyde Amendment. The Biden team wanted to talk to us during the campaign to gain our support, and we gave it on the condition there would be active dialogue and common ground solutions on the issue of abortion. There has been no dialogue since the campaign. That's that's shock. That's shock, Jay. George. Like I'm I'm just I'm flabbergasted is what I am. Just completely speechless. <laughs> <laughs> but the next part, the next part's the best. We feel used and betrayed <laughs> and have no intention of simply watching these kinds of efforts happen from the sidelines. Many evangelicals and Catholics took risk to support Biden publicly. President Biden and Democrats need to honor their courage. <laughs> so dumb, man. So dumb. Here's what I don't uh, understand about these people. How do you think... Right. If we just take the most most basic thing, these people think it's okay to kill another human being. <laughs> right. Do you think lying? Yeah. They, is, they're not going to keep something their word. they won't do. <laughs> right. What's the, Well, they'll always keep. Come on. Uh-huh. They have no integrity. All you have to do, and we did this. We did this months ago. We looked at the Democrat platform. <laughs> we looked at their position, and. The what was it? The first three or four yes. issues were all about abortion. Yeah, that is their god. It is. They're not going to compromise on it. They're not going. They they'll say whatever they can to get your support. They're not going to. They're not going to work with you on this because they believe in just all out abortion. Yeah. That they do not want to have any kind of regulations on murdering babies. They're not going to honor this. You're yeah. you're disappointed. You feel used, feel used and betrayed. Well, the first you did it. You did it to yourself that you believe they're lies, and you thought that you could. You thought you could get in bed with baby murderers, and that they wouldn't stab you in the back. Right? They kill babies. They're, Here's what if, I don't. If it get was, about. if they could get away with it, they'd kill you too. Of course they would. Of course. Here's what I don't get about this. I understand how people in good conscience cannot vote for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. I understand that, okay? Uh, Christians, and yeah. they say, I've got to maintain my public witness in the world. Mm-hmm. We, what, we, we disagree with it, I, but we understand it. I understand that, I understand that position. Yeah. Um, what I don't understand is how you can then think you can maintain your public witness <laughs> right. by voting for people who think it's okay to kill babies. Yeah. And then thinking they're going to work with you afterward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You put your support behind uh, some, like, so you'll have to. You're, you're going to have to, and I'm not saying this is going to keep you out of heaven, <laughs> but you're going to have to. You're going to have to justify yourself. Mm-hmm. We'll give an account for every careless word that we give. Yeah. Well, I think we'll probably give an account for every careless vote that we give. As soon as he got in office with an executive order, he started funding abortions all over the world. Mm. You know that, right? Yeah. Which Trump stopped that, right? Uh, and he said, "That's done." 
funding funding abortions all over the world. Yeah. Of course they're going to push it right. as far as they can go. Mm. It's so they're so naive. It's so naive. Well, I I think that this, think this I think this goes back to the pro the you know quote unquote pro life movement and their view on abortion. Uh, uh, I mean the the signers of this are the the president emeritus of Fuller Seminary. That's not really a bastion of of conservative values. Uh, and then President Emeritus of Evangelicals for Social Action, and I can only imagine what that what that is. Um, but um, I I think that if they were pushed on this, they wouldn't label abortion as murder. Mm-hmm. I I don't think that they would seek to criminalize it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you back off of what it actually is, you're not thinking of the implications of people that are supporting it. Mm-hmm. Like they're they are supporting they are pushing they are promoting they want to spread it around the world that it is perfectly okay to kill a baby they they don't even pretend like it's not a baby anymore Mm -hmm. they know it's a baby uh it's just an inconvenience and they're not citizens yet that's what hillary said right right they they don't they don't have the same rights as citizens yes um because they're not born yet yeah um think about what you have to be like morally, spiritually, to think that it's okay to murder a baby mm-hmm. and to just justify taking a life. No one's going to stop us. Yep. Um, you, you, should, you should feel used and betrayed. You were used and betrayed. Yep. But you did it to yourself. You were. You, you went in with this naive belief that people that, that uh, think it's okay to murder babies are going to have some kind of scruples about using you and betraying you. That's right. So, I mean, it's it's ridiculous, but it also is sad because this is the state of affairs in America that there are people who claim to be evangelicals that think that there's neutral territory. Yeah. That this is an actual <clears throat> spiritual warfare. We, we've got people who claim to be spiritual leaders and... Um, they just have no idea. Yeah. They, they think that this world is neutral. That that we can we can negotiate with the baby the baby murderers and they'll they'll compromise with us. Right. They have complete power and they're going to use it. Mm-hmm. They're going to use it to to forward their agenda. Mm-hmm. And top of the list is abortion. Mm-hmm. So that's right. All right. Well, I'm going to play this uh, tweet. What is this guy's name? Brandon. Brandon Brandon Robertson. Well, oh, excuse me. Reverend Brandon Robertson. What what does this term reverend even mean, man? Like what what is the point of, of having it? It's uh, like it's a, you it's know, a, I'm sure I'm sure there's a historical significance to it. I I don't know. It's some, it's just a title of honor, I think. Yeah. For for ministers. Um I went on to uh his his Twitter page mm. and looked at his bio and it says before we get into the video uh, Reverend Brandon, uh, spelled with an A, Brandan, Brand, Brandon Robertson, is a noted author, activist, and theologian working at the intersections of spirituality and social renewal. Mm-hmm. He's a prolific writer. He is the author or contributing author to nine books on spirituality and theology. He also writes regularly for Pathos and has bylines in Time Magazine, Dallas Morning News, The Huffington Post, NBC, and The Washington Post. Robertson received his BA in pastoral ministry and theology from Moody Bible Institute. 
That's not a good look for Moody. Uh, his Master's of Theological Studies focused on sexual and gender justice from, uh, I think this is Ilif, Ilif School of Theology. I've never heard of it. Uh, and is pursuing his Master's in Political Science from Eastern Illinois University. He currently resides in Washington, D.C. Okay, well, I'm going to show this clip. It won't take long to to talk about this nonsense, mm-hmm. and then we move on to <clears throat> talk about Beth Moore. I'm sure a lot of people are wondering about that, maybe what our thoughts are about her leaving the SBC. Um, so let me Is that the woman this. doesn't back down? All right. Hey, now. You got to give us a warning. He made a TikTok. Yeah, he did. I guess we need to get on TikTok, man. <laughs> My, no, uh, no, thanks. <laughs> I'll let you get on there. Yeah. There, there are a, a lot of people posting like religious little clip, uh-huh, clips yeah. like this on TikTok. It's mainly all nonsense. Uh-huh. Maybe we need to get on there to balance it out. I'm not making a TikTok video with you, Jay. It's just <laughs> not going to happen. Maybe we can do a TikTok dance and then teach theology. <laughs> huh? No? No, thanks. Okay. Well, here you go. Check this out, George. Did you know that there's a part of the Gospel of Mark where Jesus uses a racial slur? In Mark chapter 7, there's the account of the Seraphonician woman, a woman who is Syrian and Greek, both of which there were strong biases against within the Jewish community. And she comes to ask Jesus to heal her daughter who's possessed by a demon. And what is Jesus' response? He says, it's not good for me to give the children's food, meaning the children of Israel's food, to dogs. He calls her a dog. What's amazing about this account is that the woman doesn't back down. She speaks truth to power. She confronts Jesus and says, well, you can think that about me, but even dogs deserve the crumbs from the table. Her boldness and bravery to speak truth to power actually changes Jesus' mind. Jesus repents of his racism and extends healing to this woman's daughter. I love this story because it's a reminder that Jesus is human. He had prejudices and bias, and when confronted with it, he was willing to do his work. And this woman was willing to stand up and speak truth. Did you know that there's a part of the gospel? He called her a dog. <laughs> uh, you, uh, you said to me earlier that you were going to add him to the list. Oh, man, he needs to be on the list. But the thing is, he's so effeminate. I don't think it'd be like it'd be like when Thanos punches Captain Marvel <laughs> with with the uh, the Power Stone. Yeah, <laughs> so he's too effeminate to make the list. Maybe he calls her a dog. <laughs> so my first my first thought to all of this is that if Jesus ever repented of anything, you're going to hell. Yeah, if, if Jesus has to repent. Mm-hmm. Then I would take my Bible and put it in the shredder. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't know what we do with this this bill. We'd turn the church into a skating rink or something. <laughs> we'd tear it tear it down. This is lot, and we'd start selling medical marijuana, Jay. Yeah, that's yeah. not even a <laughs> it's not even a question. Yeah. Could always use another one of those in Lawton, <laughs> right? Or uh, a mattress store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if Jesus ever repented, shut shut the whole thing down. Right, Christianity is over. There's no reason for anything. Christianity, Christianity is not a uh, another religion that helps you become better or helps you do the work or whatever you think that it is. Right? It, yeah, it is God, and he's and he's not the example of someone who, when confronted with his racism, repented and changed. <laughs> it's Jesus living a perfect life that you could never live, mm-hmm. dying the spotless, perfect Lamb of God for the sins of His people. Yeah. 
and rising from the dead. And if he had any sin, it's over. Yep. God's a liar. The whole thing's a sham. Yeah. Go uh, go become a follower of Odin. <laughs> you know? This is insane. I don't even know why people like this guy. Like, say they're Christians. Why? 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 Uh, why go through and do this and have this be what you do and what you write if you believe mm. Jesus sinned? <clears throat> like, it's so weird to me. Yeah. What's the point? What's the point of doing any of it if you actually believe Jesus repented? Yeah. So bizarre. Mm. Yeah. Um, she spoke truth to power, George. Right. And Jesus repented and did his work. So you can too. You can repent of your racism, George. <laughs> it, it seems more that she recognizes who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. She believes he can, he can heal um, her, her daughter who has a demon. She recognizes who Jesus is. And she recognizes who she is. I think that... Um, I think we, she, we've got this, you know, she's called Syrophoenician woman here yeah. in Mark, but um, I think it's in Matthew. She's called a she's Canaanite. She's calling a Canaanite. Mm -hmm. And I was saying earlier, his head would explode, I think, if, uh, if he was reminded that if Israel had been obedient to God's word, this woman wouldn't even exist yeah. <laughs> because she's a Canaanite. Yeah. Um, Israel was supposed to, to go in and kill them all. Right. Um, but she she recognizes who she is in the in the presence of Jesus. Is is that is that accurate? I yes I th I think I think whenever you see an encounter like this with Jesus, either with this woman or Jesus with the centurion, right? Um, which he also he mm -hmm. marvels at the centurion's faith. Right. And he says no one in Israel has faith like this. Yeah. And he uses that as to say. I'll tell you that the son, many of the mm -hmm. sons of Abraham will find themselves cast out, but right. those at the table will include people like this, mm -hmm. or my summarization, right? Right. Because this type of faith, and the Gentiles will be there. What if, now here's what I'm saying, what if this woman knows more than we realize? Mm -hmm. What if she knows, and it appears that some of them do, um, many in Israel who you, you would think don't have this type of knowledge, they they apparently are believing in this coming Messiah, yeah, who will bless the nations. Mm -hmm. So that's so maybe that's why Jesus pushes her in that way, yeah. right? Because the bias of the disciples, and they do have that bias, right, is that if you're not a Gentile or if if you're not an Israelite, mm -hmm. you're a dog, right? It does it doesn't matter what tribe or or race you are outside of Israel. Yeah. Everyone outside of Israel is a dog. Right. Especially if you're uh, a uh there there is a distinction between Israel and the nations. Yeah. And that's not a distinction that Jesus learns from racist people. That's a distinction he learns from God. Right. Like the distinction is from God. Mm -hmm. There's there's Israel, God's chosen nation, his treasured possession that he has Amos of chapter four says, I've known um, from amongst all the nations, you're the only nation I've right. known. I've only entered into a covenant relationship right. with you. And uh, so that, that distinction is from God. It's, it's, it's special revelation. 
of the special status of Israel, but what the what the Jews of Jesus's day have done is they've taken upon themselves. Oh, we're Jews. We're 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 privileged simply because we're Jews. Yeah. And here comes the Messiah. And you've got a Canaanite woman who who believes in him, and you've got the religious leaders of Israel who reject him. Uh-huh. And so Jesus is he's he's not just throwing this out here as this racial slur. He's teaching. He's teaching. He's making a point. He's teaching and the disciples. He knows what she's about to do. He he knows that she's that she has faith. Yeah. And and he's not by himself. It's not it's not just him and her. Right. Like he doesn't need her to teach him. He's he's using this this moment to teach everyone around him. Yes. And to reveal um, that look, salvation is going to go to the to the Gentiles who believe in Christ and the ones who are in who are Israelites. Who are rejecting Christ, they're going to be outside the kingdom. Right, and uh, she's she is in the line of Rahab and Ruth, these Gentile women who believed in the Messiah and, and were grafted into true Israel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, but she doesn't. She she's not teaching Jesus anything. She's not speaking truth to power. She is begging the Messiah to show grace. I- and the theological lesson, I think you can pick up on more of it by looking at the, the story account in Matthew. I think it's in Matthew 15. Um, Jesus says, I have come to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Mm-hmm. And then she she persists in her faith. Yeah. Um, and Jesus did come to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Right. But he says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold in John, and the disciples will expand it out. And so what we get here is just a little preview that he's the Messiah, yes, for Israel. He's come primarily for Israel. But these people that they say are dogs, and it's not necessarily that Jesus is even saying he believes what they believe. Mm -hmm. He's just using as an opportunity to show them the benefits of the Messiah extend beyond Israel. Yeah. And um, I, I think it's worth noting that outside of Christ, we all are dead dogs. Mm-hmm. Like that, what he, what this guy is doing, he's he's flipping the story and he's ignoring who the real hero of the story is. So I came across this. He I made came, the woman the hero. Yeah, I, I came across this story or this post from this guy named Jim Palmer mm. a couple of days ago. This guy is a chaplain. Or the secular humanist. Yeah. What a strange thing. Very strange. So listen to this. Listen to what he says, because he does the same thing. He says, The story of Lot's wife begins in Genesis 19, after two angels arrived in Sodom and were invited to spend the night at Lot's home. As dawn was breaking, Lot's visiting angels urged him to get his family and flee. Did, did you notice that he skipped over he something? Skipped he some skipped some he, he, may, he may have skipped a significant uh, section of that story. Uh, so as to avoid being caught in the impending disaster for the iniquity of the city. He, it's like he goes out of his way not to talk about right. what, that, what that iniquity is. Uh, the command was given, flee for your life. Do not look behind you lest you be swept away. While fleeing, Lot's wife turned to look back and was turned into a pillar of salt. Lot's wife was emphatically told not to look back, but she did. I love her for this. It was so human. There is hardship, tragedy, heartbreak, and suffering in our world every day. We turn a blind eye, conveniently not notice, and find all kinds of rationalizations for turning our heads. Maybe we all need a little more of Lot's wife within us. 
the courage to look back, even if it means we are reduced to pillars of salt. Jesus once said we are to be the salt of the earth. I wonder if he had Lot's wife in his mind. What? It's so it's so dumb, man. I just gotta laugh at these people. <laughs> these people are so blinded by sin and unbelief that they can't even recognize who the the heroes yeah. in the story are. Uh-huh. They're so committed to this woke hermeneutic um, of of making women and um, you know women of color, yeah. like he said, um, the the heroes that yeah. they just completely miss everything. The entire purpose of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to be more like Lot's wife? Well, Christ is going to come back and. You'll get to experience the same fate. <clears throat> you get your as, opportunity. You'll, yeah. get to, you'll get to experience the same thing that Lot's wife yeah. experienced. Yeah, we have a not, uh, in, in the context. Obviously, uh, Lot's wife she looks back because the culture's got her. Yeah, she the she, culture she, she has, doesn't want to leave. The culture has dug into her heart, yeah. and so that's what she's looking back for. Yeah. She's not looking back to help people that are suffering. Yeah, she's looking back because that's where her heart is. Yeah, her and, heart is in Sodom. Yeah, I mean, if you want to teach about not looking away when there's suffering going on, there's plenty of places in the Bible right. you can go to and talk about that stuff. Right. Uh, legitimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This ain't it. That's not, that's not it, man. Lot's wife is not the hero in this story, and Jesus does not reference her in a, a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually says, remember Lot's wife yeah. when he's talking about the second coming. That's right. Um, it's, it's a warning. Yeah. And they just completely missed the warning. The Spurge preached a whole sermon called Remember Lot's Wife. Mm -hmm. Uh, J.C. Ryle in his book Holiness has a chapter on Lot's Wife. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so they they just bought into the woke woke hermeneutic so much that they just missed the, they they can't read the story for what it is because they don't like what it says. And Jesus is the hero. Yeah. Jesus is the hero. It's not the Syrophoenician woman is not the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the hero. He's Yahweh on earth who rains yeah. down fire from Yahweh in heaven. Yeah, he's he's the hero in in Genesis 19 also. Yeah. Um he he saves he saves he saves Lot. He he saves and Lot he, and he judges evil. He judges, yeah. He's judging evil. Yeah. Um Let's move on then, let's, I guess. Let's move we on because we because we've got because we've got someone Who's bought into the woke? Yeah, the woke hermeneutic, at right? least to some degree. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, we got to talk about um, what it, what it, what is she's like? She's like the uh, the queen of the SBC. That's what she used to be, right? Yeah, Beth Moore. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, for years, she's like the number one author for Lifeway. She right. just pumps out books and Bible studies. And I mean, we're talking like 30 years worth, right? Mm-hmm. She's been doing this a long time. A long time. Yeah. Um, well, uh, churches she, churches use her material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she came out this week and said she's no longer Southern Baptist. She's gone. Yeah. This is what she says. Um, this is an article that uh, first broke on religionnews.com, um, which is not a conservative site. Uh, This was a telephone interview, I guess, that they had with her. Uh, She says, quote, I am still a Baptist, but I can no longer identify with Southern Baptist. I love so many Southern Baptist people, so many Southern Baptist churches, but I don't identify with some of the things in our heritage that haven't remained in the past. And um, 
looking through the article, um, the the things that are particularly um, driving her out of the SBC are Christian nationalism, uh, sexism, <clears throat> and racial divides. Okay. So. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we'd be against all of those. Yeah. Um, and, and we keep asking. Uh, well, again, here's the thing: we keep Christian asking. nationalism needs to be defined before of, I could of say. Of course, it needs to be before defined. I could say I'm 100 yeah. against what you're talking about. Well, they're trying to say it's uh, any white evangelical, which yeah. is not what. Or trying yeah. to, or it seems like um, if you think that the Christian worldview and Christian morals should be um, implemented in America, all of a sudden you're a Christian nationalist. Right. Hey, sign me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and of course, the racism deal, She's this is what she's pushing the, as it's the critical race. The theory. main it's, driver as to why she's leaving. Right. And, and the, sec, the sexism. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there were legitimate sexual abuse scandals. Mm-hmm. Um, as... As shady as the whole Paige Patterson thing was a couple of years ago, how they got rid of him, um, yeah, he need, he he needed to go. Um, if even half of the allegations against him were true, he he needed to go a long time ago. Um, but um, the problem is, she keeps. I, I think that uh, one of one of the the issues that she she didn't like is that she wants to preach yeah. in front of men, and there were people in the SBC who. We're pushing back against that, rightly, I think. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, and, and and there all there hasn't always been that pushback. It's kind it's kind of been recent over the past several years that she's started getting getting a lot of pushback. She, on well, it. she's become a lot more arrogant in and it, brazen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she's she flaunts it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and so she doesn't like that. Yeah. Um. Hey, you don't have to like that. Yeah. Like you can have a you can have a different opinion on what Paul means in First Timothy when he says, "I don't permit a woman to teach or have authority over a man." Right. I think that I think it's clear. Um, but uh, you you can have a different opinion, but you shouldn't be able to have a different opinion in the SBC. Right. Like that. the The historical position of the SBC as laid out in the doctrinal statement, the Baptist Faith and Message 2000, I think it's clear yeah. that women should not preach or yeah. be elders in, in churches. Mm-hmm. And um, if you don't like that, then yeah, you, you need to leave because that this is course, what the, this is what the Southern Baptist she, see, holds to. Of course she could still do her ministry. She writes books, she's mm-hmm. a speaker, she's a public speaker at conventions. And she's she can do all of that. Yeah. She just can't preach to men. Right. And we didn't make that up. <laughs> right. Um, we just go, go along with what the Bible says. Yeah. And what two thousand years of the church have believed also. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, it's only recently it's that not, people. This is not. We're not. This is not some new. Um. You know, way of interpreting what right. Paul says. Right. Historically, this has been. The position of the church. We're we're just trying to we're just walking in step with yeah. the church for 
Yeah, there was there wasn't any new evidence discovered right. that would help us or mm-hmm. make us think. Well, that's not how it should be interpreted. Right. There was none. Of, there's none of that. Yeah, um, uh, but, but of course it, she she doesn't have just these minor things that are are troublesome. Right. I mean, she's the the evidence against Beth Moore has been piling up for years. Yeah. I mean, she believes that God audibly speaks to her, mm-hmm. gives her visions. Yeah. Um, she teams up with false teachers. Yeah, she. Like, op- we're not. We're not talking about uh, minor disagreements. <clears throat> she has shared the stage with Joyce Meyer. Well, she openly endorses Joyce. Yeah. Joyce Meyer, Christine Kane, Christine Kane, uh, Joel Osteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she openly endorses those people, which yeah. expose people to a lot of right. heretical teaching. Yeah, uh, a big one um, is that she claims that God gave her a vision mm-hmm. that Roman Catholics are brothers and sisters. Yeah. I don't need a vision to to answer that question, right. Jay. Do you? I don't. I don't need a vision for that. You know, I just need the book of Galatians, <laughs> right? And it tells me that if you deny you're saved by faith alone in Christ alone, yeah. you are anathema. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> now yeah. that doesn't sound nice, George. We got to be nice. Sound nice. We got to be no, nice, and we got to include that, everybody, right? Because we're we're just concerned about offending everybody in the world, mm-hmm. except for He who made the world, right? We don't care if we offend him. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe you. That's what I say to you. You have visions. I don't believe you. Yeah. God told you this. I don't believe you. Yeah. Um, and you are breaking the third commandment. Mm-hmm. You are taking the Lord's name in vain. Yep. As soon as you say, God told me that people that uh, believe that you're saved by grace plus works, that you um, are... Uh, partaking in a perpetual sacrifice of Christ in the in the mass um, that you have to go to confession mm. um, that the Pope is the that you have to be baptized by a priest in order to uh-huh. receive the Holy Spirit right um, you're a liar mm-hmm. you're you're taking the Lord's name in vain he didn't tell you that that's right he he didn't tell you that they're they're brothers and sisters in Christ yeah yep that's right now that you may have heard a vo- you may have heard a voice. I'm not going to discount that. Yeah, Muhammad heard a voice Uh too in a cave. Right, it was a demon. Uh And Joseph Smith, he did too. Right, and that's why we don't we don't put our our um, authority in visions. Mm -hmm. We put it in the Word of God. God has spoken um, authoritatively, finally, and um, any 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 so-called vision any any so-called uh voice that tells you anything that's contrary to the word of god is a lying spirit here here's what i don't get okay i mean she's the cash cow so i in a way i get it Uh how much money she made for the sbc Mm -hmm. through lifeway uh and she's a major draw for any conventions but okay people like russell moore are supposed to be men of conviction (laughs) right He's not stupid. No. Right? And he he has an entire staff. He has to know she said these things. Mm-hmm. And yet he still endorses her and promotes her. Yeah. And so does J.D. Greer mm-hmm. and many other of the... Russell, of the, I, I'm, I'm wondering what the fallout from this is going to be because Russell Moore has publicly said at a some conference, he said that an SBC that doesn't have... Uh, room for Beth Moore doesn't have room for a lot of us. Right. So I'm I'm wondering what the fallout's going to be from this. Yeah. Um. Because the, because there's a lot of people that just fawn over her and that they 
if you really cared about her, you would call her out for this stuff. You wouldn't just you wouldn't just let her go her way. I mean, she um, she took out the section on homosexuality in one of her books just recently. Mm -hmm. uh, she will not clarify her views on homosexuality. Mm -hmm. um, and we've talked about this um, on the podcast that if someone were to come and ask one of us, what's your view on homosexuality? They would walk away with a very clear understanding of, of our position. Mm -hmm. They may not like it, but the, they'll have a clear, a clear idea. This is what these guys believe. Beth Moore has been asked point blank, what do you believe? Do you believe that homosexuality is a sin? And she will not answer the question in a, in a clear, easily understood way she mm. she won't do it of course like there's a problem there and the problem is that she's friends with people that are same-sex attracted christians right she'll lose she'll lose a ton of followers uh -huh. she stand and she stands to lose a lot of money yeah frankly yeah um yeah so and i but it's, here's, here's it's, it's good that she leaves yeah I don't and, even think she's I, ever I, part of the SBC, though, right now. I think yeah. the church she goes to, I don't think is. So maybe she's just talking about, I'm leaving Lifeway. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to write anymore for the SBC. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but what if her church is SBC? <laughs> That's a question I have. Right. What happens then? Is she going to be like, I'm at an SBC church, but now I'm going to leave you? She said that she's visiting a, another church. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Um it's bad it's good that she leaves and I, I think a lot i think a lot more people need to leave the sbc yeah I, I think that we need to get back to our doctrinal distinctions and and be convicted uh, convicted like here's our convictions we we believe these things unapologetically and if you don't like it go somewhere else mm. um but it's bad for her right it's bad for her to leave because um she's going to just slide just keep sliding down um she'll 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 openly in, endorse homosexuality yeah i was eventually <clears throat> I, I don't know how long it's going to take i told you that's the that's the that's the that's where it's going i sent that's you the trajectory. A, a, i sent you a deal i, I said two years mm -hmm. give it two years can you know the the trajectory of things i say two years yeah um, and and the we, ex the excuses that she gives to uh, they're they're not valid because the Trumpism stuff was one of her deal deals. Mm -hmm. Well, there are tons of people in the SBC that were not for Trump, right? Tons of them. Yeah. And they were vocal too. Mm -hmm. uh, so she may, has this crazy idea that like the SBC sold their soul, right? That's just not true. And they're they're, was, they're conspicuously silent on. All the uh, the things that Biden is doing, like where where are these same SPC voices when six women have accused Cuomo of sexual assault? Yeah. Um, where are they? They don't. Like why 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 does Cuomo get a pass when Trump doesn't? And you're like not, he's in, he's in a position of power. Or Kavanaugh, you're not just talking about right. Uh, 
the media, you're talking about people like her. Yeah. Because she's very vocal on Twitter mm-hmm. to speak out about against Trump, and yeah. his allegations, or Kavanaugh, yeah. and the Me Too movement, and all this stuff. And it's it's a ma- it's one massive virtue signal. Yeah. And, then, just, and it, then Cuomo, silence. Right. It, Crick, crickets. It, yeah. Biden, crickets. Yeah. It. There's a reason why we don't take them seriously. Mm-hmm. Like we don't believe that you actually believe these issues are important because you pick and choose which ones you're going to go after. Um, the like thing, the, stick, thing, the things stick. that the things that Trump said, um, they deserve to be blasted. Yeah. Um, but why are you completely silent on some of these other things? Like we don't we don't believe that it's it's not politically motivated. That there's not something else that that you're holding up as as more important than women who are being abused. It, it's like the whole culture that's going after Pepe Le Pew right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, does porn still exist? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, is, is um, sex trafficking, is that still a thing? Yeah. Um, so why are we moving to Pepe Le Pew? <laughs> right. Like why, why, why all of a sudden is he deserving of your ire? And there are real women who are being abducted and being forced to perform in, in pornography. Mm-hmm. Like, this is why we can't take you seriously because we don't think that you actually believe that this is important. Right. Because you speak out against stupid things, yeah. like a, a kid's cartoon, yeah. but you don't speak out about important things. Yeah. Yeah. So when it, when it comes to like uh, people like her, or Russell Moore, mm-hmm. you know, they'll spend all day tweeting and subtweeting something because of Donald Trump said yeah or someone he made fun of but when <laughs> Biden yeah strikes down uh, an executive order mm. and starts funding abortion all over the world right. suddenly you have nothing to say hey Biden called the people in uh, in Texas Neanderthals yeah for uh getting rid of the mask mandate <laughs> are you going to say anything about that like <clears throat> Like the name calling is not one sided. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Um, I just don't believe them because they they don't have a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. Like they don't they don't actually believe that people have value because they're made in the image of God. Um, they they don't actually believe that they're eternal beings. Like these people are going to live forever, but they don't believe that. And so they just pick and choose which things they want um, to focus on for politics. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just following some kind of narrative. And as Christians, we don't need to be naive. Like We, we need to not follow this culture of outrage. Like if you're a Christian and you're more concerned over um, Mr. Potato Head or, or Dr. Seuss or... Um, you know, Pepe Le Pew than you are over abortion or pornography. If you got more upset, uh, you're, when just, Trump, you're, just fo- you're just following the world. You're hey, just following the pattern of the world. Great example. If you were more morally outraged when Trump, remember when he did the stuff, like kind of mm-hmm, made fun yeah. of the, the guy who had the disability? Right. Yeah. You're like, oh, he didn't make fun of him or he did. Eh, it, to me, it kind of looks like he did. Uh huh. But it, it if you're morally outraged at that, uh, but you're not about abortion. Mm-hmm. Your conscience is seared. Yeah. Your conscience is totally seared. Yeah. 
yeah, we need to we need to um, be convictional, and th- those convictions don't need to just be waiting around for whatever the culture tells you. This is what we're outraged about today. Mm-hmm. We're going to cancel this person today. Um, you need to go to the Word of God. What does what does God's Word say is important? And um, the world doesn't consider the things of God to be important, but we need to, and those need to be the things that we focus on. That's right. All right, we better shut it down, George. Interesting one today. Happy birthday. Thanks. 40 years. Yep. Thank you very much. You're halfway done. (laughs) Yes. Thanks for listening to Conform to Christ podcast. Hopefully this is beneficial to you just to help you think through just some of the things in the culture. You know, we... uh, that's our hope and our desire as you're not, you know, this would just assist you and say, Hey, you know, how should I think about this more biblically? Um, and hopefully, you know, it does help you in the end to become more conformed to Christ. Drop us a like, subscribe, share, maybe write us a review, share it with your friends. Hope you have a good rest of your day.